0: today on keep classical weird by pure happenstance i reconnect with an old classmate and fellow chamber musician after 15 years
1: you know i think the next the next level of reunion should be our quintet getting together and, i and love <laughs>
0: I love that idea. You know
1: how, like the like uh, the actors from uh, Friends got together after twenty years. We should. This do would be the
0: exact same thing. Same thing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> except more yes. stardom.
0: Welcome, friends, to episode thirty-nine of Keep Classical Weird. I am your host, Casey Bozell, and today we're diving into the world of classical guitar with my incredible guest, Adam Levin. Adam and I attended Northwestern together, and we were assigned to be in the same string quintet. I entered knowing very little about the classical guitar, and Adam taught all of us quite a bit. Now, 15 years later, he's here to teach us even more. Here's my interview with Adam Levin. Enjoy! You and I met in Chicago, uh, Absolutely, playing yeah. in a string quintet together.
1: That's right. Yeah, this is sort of like a, a homecoming for both of us, a reunion. <laughs> and about, let's see, I think, it, I mean, for all intents and purposes, 15 years ago, yeah. we were placed in a chamber music group together um, where we learned the Mario Castelnuovo Tedesco, um, what was it, quintet. Yeah, an amazing piece uh for guitar and string quartet. I mean I was just starstruck by the piece and 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 working with you guys. It was just fun. We were just we just had like the goofiest time together. I think we were just like all very open-minded, didn't know what the heck we were getting ourselves into um and it was just fun I I just remember we had such a good time together
0: <laughs> yeah that's how I remember it too we would just kind of dove headfirst into like okay there's this piece let's all right it's it's it's, it's nice those low-risk days of like it, uh, let's try this
1: <laughs> exactly
0: how when did you pick up the classical guitar what was your starting story
1: oh, oh gosh uh well it, it my musical story starts uh Before the guitar, I actually started on the piano, which is a great instrument, uh, sort of an entry point to the music world, because physically you can see all the keys and there's just not, you don't need as much peripheral vision as you need for the guitar, so to speak. I mean, of course, the, the, the piano gets infinitely more difficult and maybe even more difficult than the guitar, but... The, the guitar is such a, a quirky instrument. You've got to be looking at the music. You've got to know where to place your right hand, which strings to pluck, and then, you know, which fingers to push in your left hand. And then you're, you know, it's just a constant freak out session. Where do, where, where do I focus and when and where? So I started piano, it was Suzuki piano, which was great. I was playing tons of, of rap all by rote and it was fantastic and then my dad who was an amateur uh classical guitarist sort of just handed me a classical guitar and was like we're gonna do this
0: <laughs> and, really
1: yeah and and it wasn't rock and roll first it wasn't jazz it wasn't you know hard metal or anything it was classical guitar and he was very uh assiduous in his teaching methods with me i mean so much so that as you know as i progress on the guitar he's like well why don't we son why don't you get up at uh, 5 in the morning and practice a little bit i'm like um okay <laughs> let's be exhausted all the time and 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 not be able to stay awake during school
0: <laughs> was that was that him like pushing forward Uh, you know, his, like, did he see that much talent in you and he just wanted to kind of like push you into it a little bit more? So
1: he loves, I mean, my dad and I, we have, we're very close and the guitar is, is a piece that draws us together. It's, it's sort of the glue in, in, in many respects, uh, in our relationship. And I think it was something he loved so much and wanted something he wanted to pass along to his, uh, his kids. And he also, I think in his profession, he's a professional psychologist and, and his work style is maniacal. He's always been somebody who works just very, he's very steadfast in his style and it takes everything from A to Z and um, is just very detail oriented and, and perseveres and, and he wanted to imbue that kind of work ethic in his kids. <laughs> and it, you know, it, it was, it worked um, with me and uh, to some extent my, my sister, but it's, it's not for the faint of heart, you know, it's, it's, it can be <laughs> it tough. I like mean, it. I mean, it's, it, you, as a kid, it's, it's a beautiful thing playing music. It's transformational and so many, but it's also ex- extraordinarily like psychological and, um, you know, getting up early—you have it's it's psycho, You have to psychologically dedicate yourself to music at those hours, and it it, it can be tiring as well as gratifying. But there, it was frustrating. Um, it's it's a it's a it's a wide experience. There's a large spectrum of emotions and, and psychology that comes with it, um, and and I think that's what's so beautiful about music is that it it expresses. Um, happiness, anger, sadness, uh, the blues, um, total euphoria. And I think in the, and training in music is just like that too. It's not all just like, Oh, stars and, and, uh, and beauty all the time. It's, it's, it's tough. It's tough work. And right. Um, so yeah, my dad was, he was, he was the spearhead in all of this. And, and my sister also, uh, played classical guitar. She's she's four and a half years younger than me, but she she was part of this regiment as well, and uh, she played guitar until college, and then sort of departed from it. But uh, it was always for me. It was funny, and especially at Northwestern where we met. It was a important moment or or moments in my career where you know, I had this ambition. It was like, maybe I do want to become a, a physician because I did the pre-med stuff at Northwestern. Mm. And then I did psychology. It was like, maybe I want to become a psychologist like my my father. But I realized that I just couldn't divorce myself from music. And that, you know, if I was going to pursue it, it was now. This was the moment to do it. Medicine will always be there. You know, it's like, God, you know, <laughs> God forbid, um, I, I, I decide tomorrow that, I, music is not for me I could still go back to medical school and and pursue that field but it does not work in the reverse with music right. like there's a right. critical time that you have to develop your art and your aesthetic and your identity and that's it mm-hmm. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, so yeah, it started my dad, and and then it, it sort of took off in high school when I did some summer music. there's this the Cherub uh, music program at Northwestern University, which was a summer program that they had for many many years. Oh. Um, really great. I, I, I It was. It was sort of my first experience where I realized, oh, there's other people out in the world that are doing similar similar things. You know, mm-hmm. we're also. Mm-hmm. It, it, working their tail off, love music, love performing, love sharing it with people and are uh talented and and have something to share with the world. So that was cool and that sort of reinforced my love for for the guitar and then in college when you know when when we met it was it was high, it was high powered, lots of stuff going on with the psychology and the pre-med and the classical guitar performance and and it was a moment where I could have gone in any one of the directions and, and been happy, but uh, I had a calling. It was sort of like a, a, an epiphany of, of sorts when I realized that, that music was, was um, you know, it was begging me to go down that path. And that was that. Do
0: you remember a specific moment when you were like, oh, well, this is, this is clearly where I have to go? Well,
1: yeah, I do remember one of the moments in high school when I was at Nishmi, this cherub music program mm-hmm. at Northwestern uh, University in, in the summer. And I remember giving a performance, I was playing uh, Violobos 8 to 12 and number seven. Um, and they really, they're staples in the guitar repertoire. Heiter Villalobos was a Brazilian composer wrote some fabulous pieces, 12 etudes, five preludes, and some, um, a suite of, of Brazilian music as well. And I remember playing, and they're difficult pieces, and I remember playing it and commanding it, and it was the first time that my performance had elicited a strong response by the audience. They just roared. And I was like, <laughs> whoa, I didn't know this was possible. You know, it's like, <laughs> right. I, 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 you know, it, it was the first time where it was like a means to an end, but I, but I didn't realize what the end was going to be. It was just like, well, I'm just going to get up and play and, you know, go back to practicing, which was, it's funny because as a kid, I also did karate and, and I, and I always remember that my te- my sensei would tell us when lose or draw, you go back to your studies and you just keep keep at it and and it was sort of like and to me the performance at it at nishmi was just that it's like win lose or draw it was just another day at at work you know it was but it was nice i think it was a turning point when i I realized like oh there's something special here you know this i'm eliciting a response (laughs) whether it's good or bad or anything is something else but it was it was cool to to see that and and it was sort of a shock and a moment of epiphany. So I think that sort of led to other things in college and beyond or and beyond. Yeah. Live performance. I just love it. The, the whole thing, the preparation just, I mean, it's, it's a little sadomasochistic in some ways because you want so badly to feel the, the pain of like, it's not even pain, but it's like the euphoria, the pain, the whole compass of human emotion in ninety minutes, and it's <laughs> such a thrill. The butterflies, the getting on stage, seeing the audience, um, seeing the response, um, yeah. and and responding to to their response. It's it's very symbiotic, um, and and it's you know that that's I think. Why live performance is so sorely missed in this uh, desolate time um, in in history with the pandemic? It's it. it, Artists are not meant for isolation. We are only in part we're meant for isolation in our studies. You know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's that's fine. But performers and people who present their artwork are meant to share. it it, we that's just it's basic um uh, we are this uh, music was not made in a vacuum um and it it deserves to be shared in organic environments and and um it's something that inspires me and the thing is like with live performance it's so cool when things work out well it's so cool when they don't work out well it's it's so cool when it's in between it's it's the uh, spontaneous erratic nature of music that's such a turn on to, to me it's not for everybody i mean that it can be soul crushing it can be um ego bursting if if things don't work exactly as planned but to me all the poss- the summation of all the possibilities is what drives me each and every time
0: i would love To touch on that for a second. That's fantastic. And I'm in total agreement with you. I think one of the misconceptions about classical music in general, and you might get this more as a guitarist because classical guitar in terms of like guitar genres is probably not like as well known as as rock or as jazz or as, you know. And I heard one time, I don't remember who it was that was saying that they preferred jazz music. Because the only way you can surprise yourself in classical music is if you make a mistake. Mm-hmm. You know,
1: I I I I think there are prescribed ways of playing classical music. And there's obviously there's performance practiced, stylistic ways of playing the music from the Renaissance, Baroque, classical, romantic, etc. But there are liberties. Spontaneous liberties that one takes to individualize a performance or an interpretation. Like, for example, let's take the music of uh, Astor Piazzolla, the king of of uh, tango music from Argentina. When you look at one of his scores, it's literally just a it's a blob of black on a piece of paper that really, if you just play it as is, doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. It, it's it was an approximation of an Im- improvisatory spirit that he was trying to create with his bands i mean it's he was forced to do it cuz he wanted to um, he wanted others to play his music so i think when playing his music yeah it's it's stylized classical music because you don't necessarily you don't, can't really dance to um Astor Piazzolla music for the most for the most part But I, I, I think what you want to do is you want to study the performance, like how he performed it, how he was on stage with the musicians around him and try to imitate not only the guitar, but the other instruments as well on the, on your instrument. Like, and the guitar Mm. is such a perfect vehicle for doing that because it's such a colorful, um, timbrically rich instrument. I mean it just Segovia described it as a small orchestra and if you don't treat it like that it's you might as well just listen to a MIDI file and that I I, I, it's you have to be I think it can be very boring Um, classical classical music can be dreadfully boring and unimaginative but that the onus is on the performer if it's boring it's the performer's fault Mm. Um, it's it is we are we are the conduit between what's on the score and um, what the audience listens to. And if we if we don't do a convincing job, then you know, uh, that that's that's our problem. We have not transmitted correctly <laughs> to the audience. And it's really tough. I mean it's it's and I, I don't purport that I always do that and effectively. Sometimes I do it better than other times. But um, classical music, well, number one, in the cla- specifically in the classical guitar world, um, it's a little bit of a misnomer. So you have electric guitar or rock and roll, you play on a this solid body instrument with steel strings, um, and you use a pick um, that, you know, that's electric guitar and you plug it into an amplifier and you 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 do some you can have crazy effects with pedals and this and that. It's an amazing world. It's just, it's totally virtuosic and spontaneous, like any of the other um, styles of guitar. Then you have acoustic guitar, which is a a instrument with multiple woods, uh, like the classical guitar. Um, it's a hollow body, so it has maybe spruce on the top and mahogany or, what is it, or or some rosewood on the back and sides and steel strings. Again, using a pick or there are finger style guitars who either slip on uh, picks on their fingertips right. or they will use their actual fingernails like classical guitars. And then you get classical guitars. We are um, sort of the runts. Of the, of the mix. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and we and we use our nails. And for those of you who aren't familiar with classical guitars, if you ever go to go, you know, walking down the street, and you see somebody with long fingernails on their right hand and not their left hand, they're probably classical guitars, not drug dealers. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, hopefully, not both.
0: Um, right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, and and the shape of your nails in your, on your right hand dictates the sound you are able to produce, whether it's warm or more metallic. Um, and you, and some people have longer nails, shorter nails. It's, it's very idiosyncratic. Every person has their, their personal shape that works best.
0: Okay. For them. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. You're talking about like how you actually groom your nails or genetically?
1: Well, some people are have genetically better nails, so they don't have to use reinforcements. Um, okay. I, I was not blessed <laughs> with genetically perfect nails. Uh, so I, I use acrylic, which is a white powdery s- substance that you use uh, in combination with glue, and then you use uh, sandpaper to file it down and make it super smooth. There's no grooves, because any grooves in your nails will negatively impact the, so- the the sound and tone production and and that makes her break i mean the poetry <sighs> of the guitar comes from your right hand
0: oh i and, didn't realize that was so i mean it sounds like somebody talking about making reeds or something like how deliberate you have to be there totally
1: it's very it's very deliberate and the the shape the attack or articulation of the of the string that affects everything. I mean, it can be... you. And, and the thing is, you, this we were talking about this earlier, about the colors on the guitar. So if you move your fingernail and pluck closer to the bridge, you will get a very metallic sound, almost imitating a trumpet. And then if you shift your hand closer to or over the neck, um, you'll get a sound that uh, imitates a clarinet or a, a bass or a cello. So there's, there's, there's this, again, you can imitate so many instruments uh, from the orchestra and that's, that's what makes it really kind of compelling and interesting and, and, and fun. I mean, that's where the imagination comes. So, so so going back to Piazzolla, you, you can orchestrate a solo guitar piece or, or or even a, a chamber music piece, Uh, by Piazzolla and really make it come to life, make it dynamic. You know, that's so important. I mean, the last thing we need is another interpretation of a a solo Piazzolla piece that's just, you know, straight, strict and unimaginative. Mm -hmm. We need, we need imagination with the improvisatory spirit. Um, You have to transport the listener to the dance floor or the cafe, or wherever it is that the music takes t- uh, takes place. I mean, that's, that's what's the, so beautiful, is that you are allowing the audience to, to travel without leaving their seat.
0: So, okay, you finish up uh, your bachelor's at Northwestern, and but, then what happened next?
1: So I went to New England Conservatory uh, to complete my master's with Elliot Fisk, who I also... Was studying with an undergrad uh, privately. I when I oh. so when I was applying for uh, undergrad, I had also applied to the five year double degree program at Tufts with New England Conservatory, but ended up going to Northwestern because it was a better fit. And but I I couldn't help myself. I I wrote Elliot um, and I said, "Is there any way I can like study with you anyway?" And he was like, "Yeah, of course." come on out here so I would go for these like long weekends and his his wife uh, Syrah, was so hospitable always welcoming me uh, into their home and Elliot is just such a giving person and we would have I mean he's this powerhouse virtuoso Renaissance man I mean just like just a beautiful person and so we would have these unbelievable weekends. I would go in on Friday, have a lesson, have another lesson on Saturday, then another lesson Sunday, and then go home, back to Chicago. And, yeah. and so that that formalized in my going to um, New England Conservatory for my master's degree and studying with him, and that was fantastic. And It, it was a beautiful time for a, num- a number of reasons. One, it cemented my love for engaging the community through the classical guitar and how important it is to empower the community through your music. And that and it's not just about serving the ivory tower and these these fancy performance, performance venues, but it's also about uh, empowering and and serving those who are right next to you and who may not be as fortunate or have not had the fortune to have music in their lives at all, at all entry points at, at the, uh, at the young stages of your life up until, um, the last stages of your life. Um, and that was really important for me. And it it was a humbling experience. I, I, I created a number of projects. I was an Albert Schweitzer fellow, which was a beautiful program that allows you to design a community program of any sort for, and this was, this is not a, uh, a music oriented program. This was for mm. lawyers, physicians, whomever. And and I happened to be one of the musicians as part of the, the fellowship. And I designed this program where I would, um, teach guitar at a failing, um, Boston High School, and or turnaround school. I don't think they like to identify as failing, but oh, sure, <laughs>
0: yeah. fair.
1: And then I also uh, created a program for geriatric rehabilitation home, uh, and worked with older generation who had um, different acuties of dementia. So um, I did that, and that was really great. And then, and then after uh, I graduated. I went to Spain for three years, and that was centered around new Spanish music. And you know, wow. growing up, we're, we're hit from all sides with the music of Spain, being a guitarist. Manuel de Falla, Rodrigo, Albéniz, Granados, you name it, boom. It's, it's part of our, our targa, it's part of our up, upbringing. But in my mind, I was like, well, those, those, were, those are amazing composers and they produce amazing work, but what's next? Where do <laughs> we go from here? And that really, in some ways, catapulted me to the next uh, level in my career and in, in sort of contributing to um, the, I don't know, the, the status of the guitar as uh, and also contributing to the repertoire it's um i think it's our responsibility to keep the torch um lit and what that means in in one part is commissioning new works uh supporting living composers to write pieces for the solo guitar for chamber music com- um, combinations. They include the guitar and that will propel the instrument forward.
0: Who I don't want to put you on the spot here, but yeah. what, what um, contemporary classical guitar composers should we be checking out?
1: Well, I'm going to mention uh, a, 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 many of them, but yeah. Uh, one in particular is very relevant to your neck of the woods. Salvador Brotons is the, conductor of the vancouver symphony orchestra which is the orchestra i just uh played with last weekend um he is not only an amazing well he's originally a flutist. he um is an incredible conductor and an extraordinary composer and it uh he has written for the solo classical guitar since 1979 in fact mm. uh, his first piece for uh, for guitar uh, was called is called uh two suggestions and i first became acquainted with this piece through my teacher in spain gabriel estereas and i just fell in love with it, it was such an enchanting work very difficult but fabulous music so i was in touch with the uh, with brotons he invited me to come to barcelona to um to meet play for him and <laughs> And uh, have a couple meals, which was <laughs> really fun. Sounds
0: would, fantastic,
1: know. yeah. Oh yeah, you know I'll, I'll never forget this. I arrived at his apartment, and he's like, you know, before we get down to business, we got to go eat. And I remember we we had a meal together, and and, and the, I remember specifically the dessert. It was this. It was two scoops of vanilla ice cream, and then on top was this like. This chocolate that was hardened on top. It was the, the most delicious dessert I'd ever. I was so satisfied afterwards that, that afterwards, like playing music was such a natural. Like I was just like, <laughs> I'm ready to go. Let's 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 do this. So we 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 immediately hit it off and and he enjoyed my playing and and I asked, him, I was I was like, wow, well, you know, you gotta write me a piece. And he's like, okay, fine, yeah, yeah. So he found some he found some time in his schedule and he's like, what, what do you want me to write? Well, I loved your first piece, two suggestions. He's got many pieces that are fabulous, but I love mm-hmm. his two suggestions. So he's like, All right, I'll write you two new suggestions. So <laughs> he wrote these fabulous um, the sequel to two suggestions called two new suggestions. And and that was that was just a big hit on my my first 21st century Spanish guitar album. Uh, for Naxos. And then on the very last album that I'll uh, be releasing this year on the fourth volume, there'll be another work by him called uh, Sonata Sephardita, which will be based on Sephardic melodies uh, from Spain. So uh, Sephardic cultures, I'm Jewish and uh, the Sephardic Jewish culture in Spain um, is extraordinarily interesting and hmm. it, it, it representative of sort of the intersection of many cultures uh, in Spain in the th- uh, 14th and 15th centuries. And it's, it's really, they're beautiful. So he chose several melodies from this period of time and sort of infused it with his uh, magic compositional sparkle.
0: So if people want to find more about you and these projects that you're doing, is there somewhere that they can go?
1: Totally. Um, So I am, I have a a website. It's AdamLevinGuitar.com. I also, my Duo is website, which is my violin and guitar tier music group, is DuoSonitas.com. And um, if you want to find out about my trio, it's The Great Necks com, Or if you're interested in finding out more about, uh, Cathara project, um, the nonprofit that I, I co-founded it's cathara project.org, which is K I T H a R a project.org. And yeah. And you can find me on Facebook. Um, you can also, I, I, host a, an annual guitar festival at the university of Rhode Island. So check that out. If you're into guitar, we Every year, we have a, a huge bonanza of just so much guitar, so much everything. It's just your mind will just explode with notes and guitar strings and God knows
0: what else. And that's our show for today. My deepest thanks to Adam Levin for his participation. We kept talking for quite a while after what you just heard and that's available as a bonus episode on patreon.com slash keep classical weird. Our theme music is by not dead composer Thomas Barber. Check out his stuff at thomasbarber.com. Web development support is provided by Tina at citybeautifuldesign.com. Keep Classical Weird is created and edited by me, Casey Bozell. Find us on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. Stay safe, And stay weird.